the Prophecy Club. I was awakened last night at 4.45, and I tried to get back to sleep, but by 5.08, it was still in my heart. So I got out of bed, and from 5.08 to 6.05, I wrote what was on my heart, what God was putting in my heart. And I don't like to bring this. I don't want to bring this. And I also want to say that I don't believe that this is directed to most of the people that listen and believe and support Prophecy Club. But unfortunately, you're the one, <laughs> you're the ones that get to hear it. But it is really aimed at those Christians out there. Well, as we say, you've heard it said, as the shoe fits, wear it. So this is probably not going to fit most of you. But if you want to know what's coming, I believe that this is what's coming. As I said, December 14th, he spoke to my heart. No audible voice, no dream, no vision, no angel visit. Just it's the same inside my heart that tells me what to put on the broadcast every day. And it was on my heart. Any extra money you have that you don't want to lose, put it in silver. So again, as I said a couple of times, I called cornerstoneassetmetals.com. Of course, they're one of our sponsors, and if you decide to do that, and I'm certainly not telling you to buy any, I'm just telling you what I did. Uh, but anyway, if you mention Prophecy Club, it helps us. But anyway, I called him. He took a check on the phone. A couple of days later, the silver arrived. Same thing happened last night, different topic. Here's what he spoke to my heart. And if you've been around the Lord much, you know that often he'll do this. He'll speak to your heart, wake you up in a dream, and, you know, at the time you're so sleepy, Lord, let me just go on to sleep. Can't you bring this to me in the morning? Well, the answer is no. I've done this many times, and if I wait until the morning, it won't be there. So I pried myself out of bed, and I came in, and I typed as it came to my heart. This is what he spoke to me. He says, because, now this is speaking to the church, and I want to say it's not speaking to you, it's speaking to the people. Matter of fact, it's speaking to the kind of people that would never listen to the Prophecy Club. They are the problems, and that includes their pastors. Because you would not take the gospel to the world, I'm bringing the world to your doorstep. Because you failed to take my gospel to the criminals, the lowly, the poor, and the hurting, I will bring them to your doorstep. You spent my money given to you to build my kingdom on living gloriously. Now your glory shall be taken and given to those to whom you refused to give the gospel. Defund the police, removing the thin blue line, the thin line of protection from the society is what I'm about to do. America's protected society will soon break down. Society breakdown is the criminals who we failed to win to Jesus are now coming after those of us who failed to take the gospel to them. No cash bail, which is releasing the arrested people without posting any money or bond or promise to appear, is allowing the criminals to basically laugh at the police. This is all part of it. The Lord says, I won't just stop at burning churches and beating pastors. I won't just stop at breaking glass and burning businesses. Their objective from me is to destroy your world and to persecute and to kill you. That's right, the Christians. Your successful society will now turn into a war zone. 
because you did not take my peace, they will now bring my justice. How do I tell if I was part of the problem or part of the solution, you say? Well, if you're not part of the problem, you will not only have your ties, but you will have labored in the field. Not only would you have gone to church and read your Bible, but your heart would have been to bring in the sheaves. Your heart was not to just help the poor to win all the souls to Jesus you possibly could, but you would also have meat for service. In other words, you would actually have souls, so to speak, hanging from your belt, people that you had led to the Lord. You didn't just pass out tracts. You helped those who preached. This is not speaking to you if you didn't just preach. You also paid those who could. If you could not write books, preach, or do radio or television, you paid for those who could. Society, though, will now break down because my church failed to take my gospel to the society. You watched television, and I have to say I'm a little guilty of this part myself. You watched television and movies, and they mocked my gospel, and you enjoyed them. You saw the porn, you didn't stop it. There's porn even in our advertisements today. There's porn in non-porn magazines. There's porn walking down the mall in America. There's porn every place. The way the ladies dress, you know what I'm talking about. You saw the porn and didn't stop it. Now, I will bring criminals to destroy your world. You failed my gospel. Now my gospel that kept back the world will no longer prevent the world from bringing trouble upon you. While this will come upon the whole world, it is actually aimed at those who kill my people. So I went back to bed, having written this down, and then this morning I wake up, and I I think it was the first email I opened. This comes to us from Now the End Begins. Headline, Passage of the Equality Act, will make the Bible a banned book with Christians in prison for preaching the gospel. In a letter sent Friday to House Speaker Nancy P. and Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, the CJV argued that according to the Equality Act, a person is deemed bigoted if he or she adheres to traditional Jewish doctrine. For example, the text refers to the, quote, the sex stereotype, that marriage should only be between heterosexual couples, unquote. As a discriminatory belief, per the letter, the Equality Act expressly declares that the book of Genesis and all of the Jewish laws pertaining to marriage as a sanctified union between man and woman are nothing more than engagement in discriminatory stereotypes. This is a disgraceful attack upon Jewish biblical beliefs, rendered no more excusable by the fact that other traditional religious groups have similar tenets. The Equality Act has the potential to bring the United States' century-long history of respecting and providing robust protection for other religious beliefs and liberties to an abrupt end. Passage of the Dystopian Equality Act will usher in a time, I hope you're listening, a time of Christian persecution in America has not yet experienced. The Equality Act will put Bible believers in prison for preaching the gospel. Specifically, the King James Bible will be referred to as a bigoted reading material, unquote, no longer allowed as fit for public discourse. 
for all of you post-toasties, that's us post-tribbers he's speaking of here, who insist on going through the tribulation, you will now get your chance to experience a little of it and what it will be like. Well, I hate to say, we all get to go through. Now, as a little confirmation to that, let me jump to June 27th, 2020. This is a dream from Dana Coverstone, and it says exactly what is coming. In this dream, I was standing over a field looking down on the valley where thousands of dark gray menacing wolves were all sleeping. They were nuzzling each together, just laying around with no movement at all. In other words, these persecutors of Christians were all kind of asleep. Suddenly, a very dark figure began running into the middle of all of the wolves, whipping the wolves. The wolves began to wake up. They were shrieking and making horrible noise as they were being beaten and woken up. The person kept whipping them and whipping them and stirring them into a frenzy. He was not just beating them. He was instilling fear in them. Every single wolf had been hit by the man. They showed fear and respect to him. He was like our master, and he kept whipping the wolves. Now, we know who was whipping them. Obviously, it's Satan and his cohorts. And we know who is being whipped. It's the evil people out there that we didn't get the gospel to. The wolves finally cowered down. He stopped and pointed his finger, turned in a circle, and said, Go to the cities. Now, hang on. Have we not seen already some of this looting and burning that used to be just at downtown businesses and big cities? Have we not already seen them start talking about it's coming to the local cities, to the, to the small town areas, to the backyard and neighborhood areas? Well, with what they're saying on some of the other channels, that's exactly what they're about to do. Those wolves took off in every direction, howling, howling, and howling at the top of their lungs. The dark figure was sending the wolves to the cities. After being whipped and beaten, the scene changed. I was standing in front of hundreds of TV sets of computer screens. I saw men and women of God who were pastors to blacks, whites, Asians, and Indians all around the world. I saw myself and we were all preaching the gospel and sweating with fervency and impact of our preaching. We were teaching biblical principles and dealing with major issues and culture. We were calling people to righteousness, holiness, to give up ungodly things that were part of their lives. Now, hang on. See, this, this, <laughs> this is what's coming. And that's the reason I've been saying for several years now, I'm called to build up an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. And this very, this very thing is the very reason you want to come to this crusade. You're not coming to this crusade because it's going to be fun and wonderful and you're going to be entertained. You're coming because I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to pray and anoint you with my revelation oil. And I'm going to pray that God will give you the same revelation spirit that I got when I memorized the book of Revelation. And those people I have laid hands on and anointed say they got it, and they say that they understand Bible prophecy much better. But it's not just for now. It's for in that moment. In that moment when a soul is standing in front of you, and they have questions, and they might be a wolf, and you better have answers. This crusade is preparing for society breakdown. It's getting you prepared to be able to teach prophecy, and to walk in sevenfold miracles. I cannot think of anything. Look, most of the people out there, they're not even holding meetings anymore. And we have flown in the face of everything out there. 
in trying to put together these meetings. But those people that come, uh, matter of fact, Lord, you told me that you would speak to the hearts of the people that you want to be there. So ask you right now, I ask you to speak to their heart. Speak to the heart. If they're supposed to come, provide the ways and means for them to come in Jesus' name. Now, don't think in your head. In other words, don't make it a head decision. Listen to your heart. I mean, like, look down into your heart. Listen to your heart. Listen to the Spirit in your heart. And then follow that. Now, back to what he was saying. I saw people in chairs in the back of the church, looking their watches and yawning. Some had their heads on the back of chairs and pews asleep. Others were just uncomfortable. They didn't want to be there. They were people walking out. I saw a handful, a core group at the front of the church, emphatically listening and supporting their pastors, supporting the doctrine and teaching and ideas. And They were coming from these men and women of God, great power. The people at the front were kneeling in prayer. They knew that some people were not paying attention in the back, but it didn't bother them. There was a gap between those at the front really listening and paying attention, people like you, and those at the back that were not. Here it is. Suddenly, the howling of wolves was heard outside. You heard scratching at the door as they were trying to get in. Look it. Have you not already seen them turning against people that used to be Trump supporters that are now saying, well, maybe, I mean, I, maybe I did support Trump. Maybe, 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 maybe not. I mean, we've already seen people backing up. We've already seen them coming after people with a vengeance that went up to the Capitol that day. We've already seen this start to come to pass. I'm telling you, it's about to get worse. And I'm also telling you, that's why you want to come to this crusade. This is training and equipping. This is getting you ready to serve. Look, if you think serve is, is going to be fun and easy, I'm sorry. It's, it's a lot of work. The people at the front begin to pray against the enemy intensively and aggressively, against the spirit that was at the door. Suddenly, wolves begin to come in the church and begin to walk around and sniff the people at the back who were, who were not listening. They didn't even realize that the wolves were in the church as the wolves began to sit in the pews beside the sleepy people not listening. Let me just say, <laughs> it's not part of it. But a lot of the wolves, matter of fact, our biggest problems, your biggest problems, are probably not going to be just the wolves outside the church or the wolves outside the church that come into the church. But your biggest problem are going to be those people that are tares that for years have sat in the pew next to you, and they know you, and they know what you believe, but they don't really agree, and they're not really saved. And as soon as the trouble hits, they're what you call fair-weather Christians. And as soon as the fair weather goes, then you'll see they're really a tear. They're really a problem. The people who were not listening begin saying, Shut up. Stop saying that. I don't want to hear that anymore. They were aggressively saying, stop saying those things. I kept preaching and preaching, and the wolves were wrestling and nudging the people and getting them all worked up. They stirred up the people, and the wolves started coming after me. On the screens, I saw wolves coming near the pastors and preachers and other men and women of God who were trying to say, don't do this. Stop sinning. Stop doing this. The way is narrow, and the gate is very small to get in. We were preaching that kind of message, 
As we were preaching, those wolves started nipping at my leg and biting others I saw on the screen. You know what this is saying? This is saying in the near future, I want to think it's years, but I'm afraid it is more like months and it might be weeks. They kept attacking us. The louder we got, the louder the wolves got. The people at the altar were praying for safety and protection. You know what this ought to be saying? If your heart is with the Lord, if your heart is to win people to Jesus and to build his kingdom, then nothing else really matters, does it? (laughs) It doesn't. Lord, speak to their heart. Speak to their heart. Let them hear you, perhaps some of them for the first time. Let them hear your presence. Maybe it's not a voice, but let them hear it. Let, speak to their heart, Lord, where they, they feel it so they know. They know that they know that they're supposed to go to this crusade. Why? Not for them, not for their ministry, but for you. And then you provide the ways and the means, the days off, and whatever it takes to get there in Jesus' name. The wolves were stirring up the people who were not listening getting them to attack the preachers that were trying to preach the message that God gave. The intensity of the moment was profound. I was preaching. I was trying to kick off a wolf here and a wolf off there. People were getting up and leaving and slamming in the doors and making big scenes. We're not coming back. You won't shut up. So we're just done hearing this. Stop it. Stop it. We're done with this. We're finished. We're leaving. Suddenly, the scene changed. I was in courtrooms. In front of judges and gavels pounding the bench, other pastors and chains, I was shackled. I saw people in jury seats and witness stands, people crying. Judges were saying, you can no longer preach this kind of message. You can no longer declare this type of lifestyle is a sin. You can no longer say anything bad about this kind of lifestyle. You cannot say anything bad about this situation. You cannot address these things from the pulpit ever again. You cannot say this. You cannot say that. You cannot say Jesus is the only way. You cannot say abortion is a sin. You cannot deal with alternative lifestyles. You call them awful, terrible things. You cannot say these things violate Scripture anymore. You can no longer preach from Scripture. Wait a minute. Isn't that what the article just said that they're trying to do right now? They're trying to put a bill into Congress. Even as we speak, my brothers and sisters, this is not fairy tales. This is not over the horizon someplace. This might be in the next few months. Most of us pastors were saying, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't back down. But the gavel came down in anger and the judges were mad. Then I saw churches surrounded by mobs of people yelling, shut it down, burn it down. See, this is what he spoke to my heart last night. Because we didn't win them to Jesus, because we did not take the gospel to them, God is going to allow them to come back upon those people that should have got the gospel to them, and it's going to ruin our world. Shut it down. Burn it down. I saw people hateful towards the church, people harassing believers, going into church services, interrupting church services, people with hateful attitudes, waiting outside churches to harass the people coming out, going in and coming out of the church. But the thing that stood out the most were people who had been sitting in the church pews asleep, not listening, became the biggest persecutors of the church. Well, that's the tares. 
That's the tears, my brothers and sisters. The ones been hugging your neck and saying, oh, I love you. And they pat you on the back. But they're going to turn. See, I've seen that as a pastor. I've seen people, and they even go to your church sometimes two, three, four, five years. Then one day, they're gone. Some of them, the nice ones, just leave. Some of the nice, not-so-nice ones, like one guy wanted to get up and dress Leslie down publicly in front of the whole church. I might add, that couple, I don't know, they've been gone, what, two, three years now? Man, they were really blessed. Big ministry started to grow inside them. It's getting back to me that a lot of bad things are not coming to them. All of their blessings seem to stop when they stab the prophet in the back. Big problem. Don't do that. They were raised in the church all of their lives, but they simply walked away. Because they do not like the preaching of the true word of God, the preaching which says, this is a sin. Sin is wrong. You cannot walk in this and still be a believer. It was the sons and the daughters and the grandchildren of Christians. They had been raised in the church all of their lives, but became persecutors, saying, We've had it. There is nothing in this gospel for me anymore. This gospel has no power. It has no authority. It says, I cannot, I cannot have this. I cannot do that. I cannot go there. I can't do what I want to do. I'm done with it. Those were the people who were screaming and throwing rocks. They had baseball bats and guns in their hands. They were, <clears throat> they were throwing threats at those of us who were coming out of the church. The anger was led once again by those who had fallen away. There's your tears, my brothers and sisters. Your biggest enemy is not going to be the wolves outside the church. They're going to be a problem too. But your biggest enemy are going to be those people that have been hugging your neck. Those were the people who were pushing back against everything we had been taught. Those that had gone away to college and become very liberal, all they think, all they do is the same. Those who have given in to some of the ideas of the protest movements that we see today, the ideologies that say that one race is better than others. And I'm also going to add the environmentalism and all that sort of stuff. The pastors who were preaching were of every race and color. I saw red and yellow, black and white. I saw people who were preaching the gospel. The biggest persecution came, why, it came from those people that walked away from the church. Then I saw pulpits being chopped with axes. I saw those big, old, beautiful wooden pulpits that carried some of the greatest gospel and won some of the biggest crowds. I saw them being pulled down and chopped to pieces. I saw plexiglass pulpits that had some of the great preachers that stood behind them, pounding them and preaching the gospel, but now hammered and broken to pieces. I saw Christians in chains. I saw them being publicly ridiculed, publicly assaulted because their ideas were old-fashioned and needed to go. Then I heard the cry I've heard for six months, but there was something added to it. I heard, brace yourself and endure it to the end. May 7th, 1993, Dimitri Dudeman. One night while in Oregon, I dreamed the sky was getting dark. Then suddenly it turned pitch black as if it was the whole world had gone dark at that moment. All the people were in a frenzy. 
they became disoriented. Some were even screaming. After some, we heard the sound of an army approaching. Soon, we saw them coming out of this black mist, all dressed in black except one. That one seemed to be their leader. He was dressed in a red robe with a thick black belt around his waist. On his head, he had a sign. I looked. The same kind of sharp spear as everyone in his army. And it said, I am Lucifer. He exclaimed, I am Lucifer. I'm the king of this world. I've come to make war against the Christians. It looked as though all the Christians were huddled together in one big group. Some began to cry when they heard this. Others began to tremble. Others just stood saying nothing. Lucifer continued to speak. All of those who want to fight against me and my army and think that they can be victorious, go to the right. Those that fear me, go to the left. And only about a quarter of the group stepped to the right. All the others went to the left. Then Lucifer ordered his army, destroy those on the right. The army began to advance and quickly surrounded the Christians on the right. As they began to close in on us, a powerful light appeared and encircled us. Then the angel of the Lord spoke and said, Take out your swords and fight. Defend yourselves and be victorious over the enemy. They said, What swords? The man in the group asked. The word of the Lord is your sword, the angel answered. When we understood that, we began to quote verses from the Bible. Suddenly, as if one voice, we began to sing a song. Our voices thundered so loudly that the dark army began to retreat in fear. They did not have the courage to come against us anymore. Lucifer, then filled with rage, turned to those on the left. You, who all of your life have been trying to please two masters. Because you could not stand against me, I now have the power to destroy you. He then ordered his army to attack. It was a total massacre. The ones on the left could not defend themselves. One by one, they all fell, and the killing seemed to go on for a long time. After a while, we could actually smell the stench of the dead. Why could they not be protected also, someone asked. The angel answered, because all of their life, they have been lukewarm, compromised. Because of their hypocrisy, the true church has been blasphemed. They have brought disrespect to the word of God. They were not clean. As we continued to look, we saw the sun coming over the horizon. The black clouds began to break up. Then they disappeared. Only one was left on which Lucifer and his army stood. Lucifer looked at me, shaking his fist and said, I will destroy you even if I have to throw my spear at you from here. Then the cloud disappeared also. As I looked around, I began to see the faces and recognize some of the other pastors in our group. One from here, one from there. This strengthened me greatly, and then I awoke. The first thing I thought was this had been the last fight of the devil against the church. If we remain faithful, we will be victorious. That's what I'm saying, brothers and sisters. I'm saying this sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com, this sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com, this sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com meeting, this crusade coming up, it's no joke. We're not playing games. We're not trying to entertain you. We're asking you to fast three consecutive days, 6 p.m. to 6 p.m., three consecutive days. Then we're going to go in and we're going to follow Moses through all the steps of what he went through, and we are going to see the power of God. We are going to see the power of God, and God is going to change our lives and give us thousands upon thousands of souls. And I want you to be a part of it. I want to lay hands on you. I want to get you that 
Revelation Spirit, so you can understand and teach Bible prophecy. SevenfoldMiracleCrusades.com 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 In my new book, Miss the Mark, I expose the nine deceptions the beast will use to deceive, if it were possible, even the very elect. Since Lucifer is only given three and a half years to rule the world, but given 6,000 years to prepare for it, is it possible he has set up a nine-point plan so well thought out, so cunning, will deceive all whose name is not written in the book of life? What would you do if you had to tell a person the most important thing in the world, but you knew they wouldn't believe you? What would you do? Would you tell them? I believe you would. But what is the most important thing in the world to tell a person? The answer is, don't take the mark of the beast, because those taking the mark do not get soul death, but eternal torment in hell. But how do you tell them? Give them Miss the Mark. It is designed to be given to anyone, even if they've never heard of the Bible, Jesus, even if they're in another religion. It takes them from a blank page to making sure they will never take the mark. It's thin and easy to read. One for 20, but don't do that. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of 10. One for 20, 10 for 30, and 20 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, but don't do that. 10 for 30, 20 for 50, give you extras to give to your friends. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com is owned by a prophecy student who reads his King James Bible and supports Prophecy Club. Call CornerstoneAssetMetals.com for gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k, so tell CornerstoneAssetMetals.com Prophecy Club sent you.